From the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb. And I'm Hilary Emmer. We can't wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. All right, guys, welcome back. So today, our segment of starting thinking what crap i forgot it what is it guys <laughs> starting little ending big starting little ending big i was about to say like thinking small ending big something like that's not right there we go guys man it is a friday guys so welcome to this segment of starting little ending big um with our other co-hosts today, we have Elise, Holly, and Gina with us, um, and we're going to be discussing the different roles of the different counselors in the elementary school, middle, and high school levels. So take it away, girls. Let's talk. I, I think that's a question that's asked quite often is All what the, the difference is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to me, the biggest difference is how you spend your time. Mm. So what do you mean by that? So like here so, at the high school level, I'm doing like CCRs for days. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we, our CCR looks different. We do, we do things with college and career readiness, but we don't do an official plan. Gotcha. We don't, we don't set goals. What level are you at, Elise? So we're K, K through six at the schools that I serve. Okay. Gotcha. And I'm K through five. So about oh, the same. Gotcha. So you guys are both. And then I was in the school. I was at K4 for most of it, K5 for part of it. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So Holly, you were never at a high school ever. <laughs> no. Gotcha. <laughs> Man, you lucky bum. No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. I love you. High schoolers. No. I love you. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so you, so Elise, it's all y'all were in elementary at some degree and Elise, you're, you're junior high-ish level also, right? Well, I guess, yeah, people will call sixth grade middle school. So in some instances it is, but, um, but I don't do with the sixth grade, what our middle school counselor does. Okay. Um, yeah, but I worked as a high school counselor for four years. I did that first. Um, but I was working as a sixth grade teacher in a middle school for five years. And that's where I did my practicum as okay. a middle school counselor. And then they built some more elementary schools, moved the sixth grades back to the elementary. Man. And, and then when, uh, I moved to the elementary level, it was K six actually we're pre K six. Gotcha. So you've had experience at both the high school and the elementary school level. Gina, have you been just elementary or have you had exposure to others as well? No, I spent five years in a high school. Man. Yeah. Gotcha. And what is the difference there? Um, I mean, high school versus elementary level. Like you, you guys have both been in both. What are some of the differences that you noticed? Well, there's night and day difference between high <laughs> <and> elementary. <laughs> yeah, high school, you're doing, you know, that college and career readiness planning all the time. Elementary, we spend our time really in prevention mm -hmm. and in laying just a solid foundation. Because being successful in school, there's a lot to that. And so yes. laying out that foundation for the kids, it sets them up for success. It's critical. You know, we spend a couple of weeks literally right on college and career, talking about colleges and talking about careers. But we also literally spend every week of the year on college and career when we're talking about, you know, 
how do you be respectful? How do you be responsible? How do you be strong mm-hmm. and resilient? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, how do you build good emotional control? How do you have good mindset? So all of these things really are about laying that foundation for academic success clear through college. Yeah. And when you talk about laying the foundation, you mean you're in the classroom giving collaborative classroom instruction, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys spend a lot of time doing that, like a lot of time doing that. Yes. Yeah. If you would take the, the recommended time allotments for secondary of the uh, plan for college and career readiness and the collaborative classroom instruction and the same in elementary and flop those, yeah. that's pretty much what the time represents. Yeah. We spend a lot more time in elementary in the collaborative classroom instruction and only a 10% of the time basically in the plan for college and career readiness, whereas high school spend that 40, 50, 55, 60, 70, right. you know, mm-hmm. of the time doing the, the plan for college and career readiness. And that's what we spend in the classroom. Yeah. It, it's like we're building the foundation and then the high school's putting the roof on, putting mm-hmm. a good, a, a good leak proof roof, you know, as we've yeah. got that foundation. Yeah. Well, and then we notice those kids, like even at the high school level, when they come in, like they didn't have the opportunity to be in school for whatever reason at junior high or they were just, you know, had, had, had attendance problems and they, they made it to high school. Like you can tell a stark difference for those kids that don't have that resiliency foundation, that just that, that foundation of everythingness. Um, they really struggle when they get to the high school level. Um, I want to touch a little bit more on what Gina kind of brought out is she said, we do everything that we do is college and career readiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's this kind of this impression in, in with some of our counselors that College and career ready does not mean life ready or social skills or emotional ready. And really to be college and career ready, you have to be whole child approach. Mm -hmm. And yes, we may not talk about what college you're going to go to. We may not talk about what pathways you need to select to become the career that you want, but we're laying a foundation just as important as those things in an elementary school for those life skills, because it's really hard if you have a student, like you pointed out, Nate, that if you have a student who shows up to high school and has an attendance issue and has had it since kindergarten, it's really hard to change an 18 year or 15 year uh, habit in (laughs) one day. And so it's really talking about those skills that transfer not only to the school setting, but attendance is an issue for employers. Yeah, It's a life skill that I can't just go, I'm not gonna show up to work today or I'm gonna show up two hours late. You know, and so those things that we're talking about in elementary school, those habits and uh, behaviors that we're helping establish are college and career ready. Mm-hmm. I like that. Think about how important it is for an employee to take initiative. The boss shouldn't have to tell them every single thing that needs to be done. And if, if uh, one of the things they need to get done is completed, they need to be able to see what needs done next. And so uh, with our lessons, we teach initiative so that they learn how to how to take initiative so when they go home and they see something that needs to be done they they get it done instead of waiting for mom and dad to tell them that that's a chore that they need to complete Mm. Mm. I think another thing that we spend a lot of time on in elementary level is developing that emotional intelligence because you know your IQ of course is really important but you could be the smartest person in the world and if you have no people skills you're not going to be successful. <laughs> You're going down. Yeah. So <laughs> You're I spent eating alive. <laughs> it's true. And I spend a lot of time on helping them build those 
people skills, those emotional control skills, really just the EQ, the emotional intelligence that is just as important as the IQ. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big advocate of EQ. And in fact, a lot of times, I don't know, not to say that it's more important, but in my opinion, kind of a little bit. Um, cause Did you I've know been, the research shows that it's actually the more important. important? Will, yeah. Employers will take someone who has average skills, but a high EQ over someone who has high skills and is a jerk um, every single day because kindness always wins. Um, but that's, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shameless plug. Um, but yeah. So, so, so we have elementary laying that foundation how does that foundation continue to get built upon as we enter into the junior high years? Well, what we're trying to do at our, um, in our district is we're trying to continue that language through. So that's one thing that we're continually working on, but really working on continuing the language forward so that as the kids get there, oh yeah, we've seen this, we understand it, and just continuing to solid up any of those skills. And I think that's a critical part of it is letting those kids continue on with what we're laying the foundation mm-hmm. in. So I'm gonna pull in the uh, accountability measures that are in, in the secondary program review process. Standard seven talks about alignment. Mm. And I just had a conversation just the other day about this with a couple of counselors in that that alignment piece is really bigger than just having a meeting with a cone feeder system. It's having these conversations as to what is happening in the elementary schools that we are going to build on. What's happening in the high school that we need to prepare our kids for when we're speaking specifically of that middle group. The alignment piece is really a powerful way to make sure that kids who are leaving your system are equipped with the skills to be college career and life ready. But if you don't have those conversations of what's happening below you and above you, then you don't know what you can build on. And I think that there's a lot of work in elementary schools that has been going on, but they are not necessarily part of that required alignment because it's not a programmatic accountability measure. And so sometimes it's, we forget to talk to the elementary or the elementary don't feel like they fit with the secondary conversation, but it's really, it's, it's essential to do that and aligning those mindsets and competencies that are in the um, program model. Those are kind of like the core curriculum for school counselors that should be driving what we're doing. And every grade shouldn't be responsible for every single mindset and competency to help master. And if you're really looking at that and going, okay, in elementary, they're doing these things. How do we build on that to make this a competency that the kids can have that pushes them forward? Yeah. Uh, Those meetings, those cone meetings with your feeder schools, uh, well, okay, for me, the feeder schools, but you know what I mean? The the elementary, middle, high schools that are meeting together for alignment, those are big deal meetings. And I feel like a lot of times they kind of get thrown out the window just so it can be a check mark. Like, let's have a Zoom meeting so we can have that check mark so that when we have a review, we can say we had a meeting. Um, but I don't think a lot of you counselors might be listening. A lot of you new counselors. Heck, last year, my first year, whenever our our head, our department head, we be like, "All right, we're gonna have our cone meeting." I'm like, "The heck's a cone? What are you guys talking about?" I had no clue what all this was until later on when they explained it to me. I'm like, "Yeah, we need to do this. This is important mm-hmm. so we can be on one page." Yeah. Well, and I think just having the same language. Um, the, the examples I'm thinking of aren't written down in our handbook, but 
um, when I learned that the middle school had a program and as they were talking to kids about bully prevention, they used the word ally. So then when I started teaching the lessons at the school, I used the word ally, but I changed it up a little bit and became ally girl for the K through two kids, you know, um, or uh, the fact that our middle school counselor knows that the students in elementary learn mindfulness. So then when she needs to do some interventions, she can talk to them about what they know about mindfulness. So if we have that vocabulary, uh, that can be part of it, part of the alignment too, being on the same page with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And back to the consite meetings, we were in a consite meeting one day and the middle school counselor was kind of in charge of the meeting and he was talking about that that one of the biggest struggles they were having with the kids was just them um, motivating them to get them to do what they need to do and mm -hmm. all of the elementary counselors were sitting down at the end of this big long table and he literally pointed his finger right down the table at us and he said so elementary tell me what you're doing to help us with this problem well, luckily, we at our school had started a program that that very year, working on building those internal motivation. Right. And so I got to say, well, let me tell you what we're doing. I'll tell you what, dude, I'll show you where you can put that finger. <laughs> anyway, he was awesome. He, and he stood there just staring at me and he goes, that is awesome. That's so <laughs> awesome. But it's true. Those consite meetings are valuable meetings because Again, you can pinpoint what the problems were. Luckily, we'd already seen what the problems were that were coming and we had started working on it. But, you know, I agree, consite means are super valuable. Sometimes we struggle to figure out how we align or what topic we need to align in. But we start those meetings and you just, you know, that's where you, you start. You just have to start and figure it out. And I know um, our district, um, we're doing better than we've done, but we could still do better. Right. No, I agree with that. I think sometimes we look at, oh, we're either a big district, so we can't align, or we're a small district, so we can't align. Yet every system has the ability to align. It's putting it as a priority and having those conversations and it's not going to be pretty or just smooth all the time because there's going to be passionate people in those meetings. And like when Elise said, sometimes we struggle to figure out what we're going to align on. We may not have the same priorities, but that's okay. That's where our data comes in and says, okay, this is what we need at an elementary level. This is what we need at the middle school level. And so, you know, bringing back in the data pieces and, and you have to do that to be able to advocate for what your students need yeah. or for them to consider the elementary school counselor and say, okay, our students are having a problem with this. I bet we could talk to the elementary school counselors and mm -hmm. have them address this in elementary. And then we can revisit it in middle school and, and help build that. So uh, they have that skill uh, that they're lacking when they get to high school to help them to be more successful. It's helping them see that, Hey, we're here, we're here to help you. How can mm -hmm. we help you? And then having that mindset that this, this elementary school counselor comes to mind to be able to assist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys are, I mean, the 
I mean, each level is there to support one another, to build, like you said, to build up upon each other. Elementary school, we're building foundation, just all the foundation. And then mm -hmm. middle school, we're continuing with it. And then, like you said, in high school, we're capping it off. We're talking about specific careers, specific classes and pathways and things they want to be taking, plans for college and stuff like that. And for those kids that for I noticed the kids that don't get overwhelmed talking about those things is because they have been active participants in that language since they were little, since elementary school. And so getting to high school and continuing that conversation, all right, well, what pathways do you want to go after? Well, we've been talking about this for you know 10 years and I've been thinking about medical field because they've been thinking about it and they don't get as overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. That would be the ideal. <laughs> yeah. And then you got kids that are just like, I haven't thought about this in eight years. Okay. I'm so scared. But, but literally the time to set good habits or change bad habits needs to happen in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's uh, hard amen. to change them as a senior, just like Holly said, they've got some habits and it's tough to change those habits. Preach. Well, and I have a, I have study skills groups at different schools. And as I teach them note-taking, I'll tell them, I didn't learn how to take notes like this until I was a senior in high school. You're going to be so much further ahead just knowing these simple skills, being able to take notes and that you don't have to write down every single thing the teacher says. You should teach me note-taking then. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> One of the things that I keep thinking about too that I think is a difference for elementary and secondary school counseling programs, in elementary school, when we're looking at changing maybe negative habits or building positive habits, we have to get the parents involved yes. a lot more than maybe you. I mean, I'm not saying parents aren't important to secondary, but as we all know, the development of kids, they lean more towards peers as they get older. Yep. But as an elementary student, if you're talking about attendance or responsibility and you're working with a student who isn't responsible or who isn't um, attending, it's usually not always a kid issue. Mm -hmm. We joke about how when you, if you're on, out on bus duty or car pickup duty and you open up the car door and see what the kid steps into, you see what their life is like beyond the school day. So true. And so some, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite responsibilities was to go out and like, oh, I now understand this kid because I see what their life is like. But we have to involve the parents and sometimes that's more parent um, training than it is student training and I think that happens at an elementary level more consistently than at a secondary level yeah. I think that parents are more open um, to suggestions uh, and advice if their kids are younger mm -hmm. yeah I would hope so I mean at the high school level it depends on the parent but there's a lot of parents that are like you know what they can watch the kids and they can fend for themselves. And like, they're my little adult. Why do they got to go to school? And I'm like, no, come on, please. Well, and we do want kids to develop that independence, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't want them to be dependent on their adults in their life forever. So we want that. But I think sometimes it's finding that balance yeah. of helping parents find the balance yes. of what is appropriate. And at a younger age, they're much more reliant on their parents. And so it's the time that we have to work with parents too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a reason that there's a specific spot on all of our CCR forms to track parent involvement. 
because it's mm -hmm. so imperative that, I mean, you can do as much work as you want with the kids, but if the parents aren't on board, I mean, they can undo any of the, any, any of the work that the kids does at the school, if the parents not on board with it, I mean, it can get undone pretty fast at home. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of research showing that the number one influencer on the college and career readiness of students is their parents. Mm -hmm. yep. And so, yeah, it, it's important that we get them on board and elementary counselors do a lot to do that. Yeah. Well, I, the, for the high school and middle school, you know, you have your parents there to do your CCRs, your college and career readiness plans. Um, on elementary, what I've done is I've taught parenting classes and then I do Zoom with the counselor. Um, it used to be cookies with the counselor, but since we can no longer meet in the same room and eat cookies together, we've changed it to Zoom with the counselor. Darn and, you, COVID. <laughs> but, we've, but it's been easier for parents and we've had more parents attend. Um, and I've been able to offer a morning and an evening one. And so that, that, that's been good. You know, there's some positive to it. But uh, one of the um, main things they like to hear about are some parenting tips. And Gina uh, writes parenting tips and shares with us, and we're able to, to send those out to parents. So that's another thing that we can do as elementary school counselors is, um, although we don't sit down one-on-one -on -one with the parents, we can offer these types of things to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Our elementary parents are much more likely to read those things when they come home. Uh, than I mean, they actually, not always, but a lot of times look at what's in the backpack mm -hmm. <laughs> or check email. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, sending things like that can be productive. Yeah. I've had tons and tons of good response back from that. Even sometimes it opens conversations, you know, they'll give me a call and say, can you talk to me about this just a little bit more? So the thing is, is to be honest, parenting is not for the faint hearted, not at all. Nope. And it takes serious refining. And I think most parents, you know, get that pretty quick that this is not easy and I need some refining skills. And so like Lalise said, they are open to, yeah, what can I do? So a lot of times you're just trying to, again, give them a good foundation to work off too, because yeah. the more you help the parents, of course, the more you help the kids. And yeah. that's just all there is to it. Yeah. Well, and I think I came across a quote and I, I don't know that I have it with me, but it talked about how our generation and older, and Nate, I know you're much younger than us, but hey now. even your generation, <laughs> they were not taught or expected to talk about emotions. And, and they are now trying to raise kids and they don't know how to do it themselves. And that's, I think, a big thing that elementary counselors really can help parents with is it's okay to talk about emotions. It's okay to express, I'm struggling right now, or I'm having a hard time, or I don't know what I'm feeling. I just know I'm not feeling okay. Right. But actually having those conversations so we can teach our youth that that's appropriate to express what we're feeling and how to appropriately mm -hmm. express what we're feeling. Yeah, I love that. And critical yeah. in this world, for sure. Oh yeah, big yeah. time, big time. Yeah, Huge. when we're able to label that emotion, then we're able to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and Brene Brown, who I think a lot of people are willing to listen to and talk with, or, you know, read and, and talk about, she says that right there is for adults as well as kids, name it and deal with it. Yep. Mm -hmm. But we have to name it first before we can do anything with Man. it. 
I agree. Man, guys, this has been so beneficial. To all you counselors listening, I hope that you've been able to kind of learn a little bit from all of the different school levels that you're not a part of, whether you're a high school, elementary school, middle school level counselor, to kind of see the different contributions that each level makes to each other. And if you're like, well, I don't know what the middle school counselors are doing in my district, learn, get loud at your cone meetings. Um, so you guys can start collaborating and you guys can start coming to the same page so you can be in alignment um, to help the kids. Cause that's why we're all doing this, right? We're all here for the kids. Um, we're here to help them. Um, like you said, become college and career ready and approaching that, you know, as a whole student approach. Um, so in closing, if you had a new counselor in front of you who just felt lost and did not know how to work together with the other schools, what advice would you have for them? Just what you said, learn, get in and learn, ask questions, call people, get involved. I mean, really, that's the best thing you can do is just open conversations and visit with each other and collaborate, really. That's my opinion. Well, if you are a new counselor, you kind of have a built-in excuse to say, I don't know. <laughs> and it's okay to say, I don't know. And, and use that to your advantage. I don't know. And so help me know. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for you to say, you don't know when you're not. When you're not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I say that all the time. I don't know. And definitely connect with other, I mean, you want to connect with the people that are in your cone, but connect with other elementary school counselors. When I, when I first started, it was, it was such a steep learning curve because all of my schooling trained me for the high school, not the elementary, but luckily I, you know, had an elementary education degree in, in early childhood and that kind of thing. So I had that base, but I found that I was spending a lot more time on um, responsive services, which now we call systemic approach to dropout prevention, yeah. but we're, but the kids can miss class easier than they can in middle school and high school. And also you can help strengthen that foundation. If you can do that intervention, although we're mostly prevention we, there's still a lot that we do with intervention. And that's where that learning curve really came for me was learning the intervention. So talk with other um, elementary school counselors or your middle and high school, see yeah. what do they do to help kids when they have anxiety or, uh, you know, whatever the issue might be. There you go. If you're a new counselor and you're listening, heck, if you're an experienced counselor and you're listening, just a reminder don't be too prideful or scared to ask questions and talk to other counselors at your school, in your cone, at the same level, get ideas. We're all in this thing together. This job ain't getting any easier. We could all use the help we can get. Um, well, and do you know on, the, on that, when you say that, I had a principal who once told me, regardless of whether you've been in the school system for five years or 50 years, ask why we do something. And if nobody knows why, then it's maybe time to reevaluate that. And that's what you make me think of is why are we doing this? It helps me understand it. But if nobody can know why, then let's look at it. Can we do it better? Can we talk to somebody else who can help us revamp that? Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for this, um, for this segment again today. Um, love it. Every time we get to talk to you gals, I feel like I learned so much. Um, I'm a second year counselor to those who are listening. So I am so happy. I get to listen to these people who have like a combined, I don't know how many years experience you guys have combined, like 60, 
Way no, more at, at least way too many. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to clean. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, you guys, you guys have experience, and so we're very thankful for you guys. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next time on our next segment of starting small and ending big. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email thesoundingboard at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselor Association. USCA members also receive bi-monthly newsletters to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at UT School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselor Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go. Let's go.